This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. I didn't choose to be born in India. Okay? I didn't choose to be brown. I didn't choose to be Joel Sicker. I didn't even get a chance to choose my name, man. You know, I would have chosen Joel, just so you know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Paul says that he he you know, he had to put confidence in the flesh. He was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. But you know what? This sounds like such a trivial, small thing. And maybe in our day and age, it's not as relevant, but it's quite possible that deep down in there, there's a spiritual pride because you were born in America, because you're an American. I've heard people, you know, say that, you know, oh man, we're, we're a Christian nation, right? We're a Christian nation. Yes, we're a Christian nation, but are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Because you can be born in a Christian nation, but it doesn't automatically make you a Christian. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are into cars, but I love Italian engines, Italian motors. Um, you know, man, they, they, the mechanics are amazing. right? Italian cars, Italian motorcycles, fantastic. I've owned a couple of them, uh, motorcycles, Italian. But you know what they suck at? Electronics. They're always beginning to smoke wires. Yeah? Crazy engineering, but crappy electronics. You can drive an Italian car in America or an Italian motorcycle in America and it's still got crappy electronics. You can drive it in Italy and it still has crappy electronics. We as human beings are like that. You can be born in America or in India but you still have crappy electronics. We're still born in sin. We all have the same problem of sin. You can be born in, a, in, the, in, the, in the Bible belt but you still have the problem of sin. And Paul says, hey, listen, man, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Ancient traditions, yes. Nationality of the people of Israel. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. It reminds me of Jesus talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Jesus answered him and says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. You can be an American, you can be an Israel, you can be an Indian, you can be an Arab. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But can you see how nationality can become a barrier to spiritual transformation? I wonder how many people, I'm going to take my chances over here, that's watching at home or over here, that feel like because you're an American, because you are a Republican, you are saved. It doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Only Jesus saves you unless you are born again. And Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit... He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You can be white, you can be brown, you can be black, you can be Asian, whatever colors they come in. But if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, and your nationality can become a barrier to your spiritual transformation. You're tracking with me. The third thing Paul says, he says, so circumcised on the eighth day, that's ancient traditions, of the people of Israel, that's nationality. Number three, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the tribe of Benjamin. Ah, beautiful. Of the tribe of Benjamin. So he's saying, I wasn't just circumcised on the eighth day, keeping in the ancient traditions of my forefather. In fact, the very first person, Abraham, who was a first believer, I also, from the tribe of, uh, from, from, from the nation of Israel, and not just from the nation of Israel, I also know my tribe. You go talk to any Israelite that's in Israel right now, they have no idea which tribe they belong to. It's, it's just, they, they have no clue. And even over here, these Judaizers are coming into the church and saying, hey man, you got to get circumcised, you got to keep the law of Moses. They possibly did not know which tribe they were in either. And what, what Paul is really pointing, and he says, man, you want me to put some respect on this whole thing of me being a Jew and keeping the law? From the tribe of Benjamin. Because you know what? The first king in Israel, Saul, was from the tribe of Benjamin. It's quite possible that Saul, Paul was named Saul out of 
you know, respect and reverence for the first king of Israel. It's like, man, just like how he was the first king, you're going to be this amazing king and leader and ruler. And he definitely was. And um, if you remember in the book of Esther, again, in Mordecai, who actually saves all the Jews around the world from sure slaughter, was from the tribe of Benjamin. And he says, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. What is that? How does it relate to us today? It relates to us in a way of boasting in our generational greatness. A barrier to spiritual transformation is generational greatness. There we go. You know, your son can be a missionary. Your, um, your son could even be in the army serving the country. And I'm very thankful and grateful for that. I'm really, really, really honored to be friends with those that have served this country really well. But that does not save you. Your dad or your grandpa might have been a big name in this country, and your last name might carry a lot of weight in this world. But when you stand before King Jesus, your last name carries no weight unless you're covered in the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. Generational greatness oftentimes gets in the way as a barrier to spiritual transformation. And um, this is really interesting because there are a lot of people, when I've talked to them and shared the gospel, they would listen to me and nod their head and I'd be like, have you heard of this person's name? And they'll mention the last name. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I think I've read a couple of the books. Well, that's my grandpa. So, you know, you sure don't have Jesus, man. You got your grandpa's name, but you don't have the name of Jesus on your life. Generational greatness, no matter what tribe, no matter what race, no matter what country you're from, don't let it become a barrier to your spiritual transformation. It says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, that all tribes... All nations will stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords and worship him. It says in Revelation 7, 9, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and all peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And what do you think they're doing? They're worshiping the King. They're worshiping him. So no matter what tribe, no matter what race, no matter what genealogy you come from, don't let that become a barrier to your spiritual transformation. Number four. He says, okay, so let's read this again. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Never made sense to me until I started digging a little deep into this. A Hebrew of Hebrews. So you see, so far, circumcised on the eighth day, tell me, did he have a choice in it? Eighth day, guag, guag, I want to be circumcised. All right, good job, Paul. Let's go. You know, no. Being born in Israel, did he have a choice? No, he didn't. Being born in the tribe of Benjamin, did he have a choice? No, he didn't. But here, the next four things he says, he had an active choice, an active work in it. He says a Hebrew of Hebrews. What's he talking about? He says, listen, I was born as a Jew. I was born into an amazing tribe of Benjamin. But then, I didn't water it down. I stayed fast to my race. Help me out. Has there ever been any wars because a race felt that was superior? I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Do you see how a pure race or your racial affiliation can be a hindrance to your spiritual transformation? Pure race is number four. He says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's not saying I'm a Hellenistic Jew, which is the Jews that spoke Greek. He's not saying I'm a Gentile who was converted to Judaism and then became a Christian. He says, man, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm pure Hebrew. Not just an Israelite that was from the tribe of Benjamin, but a Hebrew of Hebrews, in Acts 22, Paul, he's in Jerusalem, doing what he always does, kicking up a storm. 
when he's not preaching the gospel and people arrest him and they hold him and they're getting ready to trash the tar out of him man and then see what he does in Acts 22 verse 2 and when they'd heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language they became even more quiet you know why? because broken systems people who follow religion they respect stuff like this they're like oh he speaks Hebrew oh he must be so much more closer to God right? and they all became quiet because he's speaking in Aramaic on Hebrew and he says I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Sicilia in Cilicia Tarsus is a Gentile place it's, it's a Roman colony but look at this he was born there in Tarsus but he was brought up in this city that's Jerusalem pay attention please because this is how much Paul loved his, his, his he, he felt like he could work his way into the grace of God he could work his way into right standing with God I was born circums- I was born in Israelite born in the tribe of Benjamin circumcised the eighty, but then it didn't stop there with my parents just trying to, to raise me as a good Jew but I moved from this heathen land into Jerusalem a lot of Jews would say you know they like living in Jerusalem because it's just a local call to talk to God because they say God is so much more closer in Jerusalem they make local calls all their life sitting over there even now people go over there and like to pray by that wailing wall because they feel like God is closer side note there's no such thing as thin spaces some people believe that there's a thin space where God is closer nothing like that the Bible says call to me and I will answer Jonah called from the belly of a freaking fish deal with that Okay, bet there was no thin space over there. A lot of blubber and flubber. Call on him and he will answer. There's no such thing where you had to get in a plane and fly somewhere to meet with God in a thin space. Wherever you are, you call to him and he'll answer you. So we're here. Paul says I had to move to Jerusalem. So I, I was born over here, but then I didn't stay there. I moved to this city. And what did he do when he moved over there? He was educated at the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel's grandpa was this. Even till today, Rabbi Halel, who's still his written stuff is followed down to the Jews and is passed down and his oral traditions are passed and Gamaliel is said to be one of the best teachers that the Jews have ever seen and, and known of it says when Gamaliel died that the beauty of the law died and he studied under Gamaliel uh, historian Josephus says that Gamaliel apparently spoke of Saul who became Paul that the world had run out of books for him to read he was an intellectual guy he was a smart guy he was really eager to get as much knowledge as he can and he studied at the feet of Gamaliel according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers being zealous for God as all of you are today in 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 verse 22 he says are they Hebrews so am I are they Israelites so am I are they offsprings of Abraham so am I he was not just circumcised on the eighth day he was not just born in Israel not just from the tribe of Benjamin but when he became older and he could make a decision he took it into his own hands to keep his race pure all of those things can become a barrier to spiritual transformation and then it starts getting a little more closer to home to where we are number five he says as to the law of Pharisee now if you're a New Testament believer you're like why is he boasting about being a Pharisee because Jesus has some choice words for them right <laughs> whitewashed tombs you hypocrites you blind guides why is Paul boasting off as a Pharisee you see when they start off as a Pharisee it wasn't really bad the Purushim they actually tried to pass down the oral traditions of the law to people but then what happened was they put so much emphasis on the behavior and they completely lost the heart of what God was trying to get across okay even now if you read books on some of this pharisaical laws insane on the Sabbath day they're like you can only walk so many feet so you know what they would do from from your house you can only go so many feet from house from your house so they would tie a rope to their house to extend their territory so they could walk further away that crazy and you can only spit certain amount of times because otherwise you'll end up making clay and you'll be working on the Sabbath and you'll be breaking the law so it actually started off as a good thing but then it became kind of crazy but Paul over here he's saying as to the law I was a Pharisee what is he boasting in his education and his ordination I studied under Gamaliel I was very zealous 
And I studied so hard that I became a Pharisee keeping the law and teaching the law. My education and my ordination. I want you to know your education, your ordination can become a barrier to your spiritual success, to your spiritual transformation. It says that Paul had exceeded and advanced in Judaism far beyond his contemporaries. And he was extremely zealous for the traditions of his ancestors. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 14 we see this. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age. Among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. You know what, folks? Oftentimes, being a youth pastor, the hardest people to reach are missionaries' children and pastors' children. You know why? Because from a young age, they're taught the scripture, but they've never been taught to repent. They grow up with a spiritual pride. I want to talk to fathers just real quick, because I see this in my own children. I want to make sure that I address it from a young age. Along with scripture that we're teaching them, we also got to teach them humility to repent. And you know where they learn that from? They learn it when they watch you repent. If you are coming with an attitude to church where you're disrespectful, where you feel like you know more than the pastor, guess what? When they go to youth group, that's the same attitude they're going to carry, coming from a youth pastor. And then you're going to find them leave the church because they feel like, I have nobody to respect the way I know more than these people. I know more than the person who's standing there and preaching. Instead of having them respect the leaders over their life and saying, man, maybe you've heard that before, but ask God to teach you something new as they speak. And when we go back home, and you read the Bible to your children, let them watch you being convicted by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And let them watch you shed tears in repentance. Let them watch you worship when you come to church. And trust me, it'll make a difference. Maybe not this very week, but in the generations to come, it'll make a difference. Over here, Paul, he's educated, he's ordained, and it actually becomes a barrier to a spiritual transformation. Ooh, it got really quiet over here. I could sense it. <laughs> Someone says, yeah. You know, as you go out into the world now, and you go back homes, I actually want you to do this when you, when you go back home. I want you to look around you, and I want you to see all your little banners, your posters, your certificates, your books that you've read and highlighted and underlined. And I really want you to ask yourself, is your knowledge of God getting in the way of Him actually transforming you? Because when I go back to my office, in my home, oh man, I've got tons of books that I love reading. I've really gleaned a lot from it. And oftentimes, my pursuit for knowledge becomes more than my pursuit for Jesus. And he hates that. Knowledge and ordination, education and ordination can become a hindrance to your spiritual transformation. Like we sang again this morning, give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Does it mean that education is bad? No, it's not. Education is good. It's good for you to study. But when you begin leaning on your education, when you feel like your education, your knowledge of God makes you more spiritual, you've lost it. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.